the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. We don't need no education. We don't need no thought control. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am Headmaster and host Rebecca Hagstrom and it's a privilege to join you here every Saturday evening on AM 1280 The Patriot. And, of course, I'm joined in studio again by the producer of Education Nation and my wonderful co-host, Mark Durkin. Nice to see you again, Rebecca. Nice to see you, too. You are staying safe, I'm I more than sure. Yes. absolutely am. I am. Uh, you know, this was something that I was a little concerned about in the beginning right. when they were predicting these millions of deaths. But uh, we're going to be talking a lot about the true yes. numbers today, and I really don't have reason to to fear exactly. any longer. Um, so that's good news. But um, it has been almost two months since Minnesota had its first coronavirus case. And since then, the state has confirmed 5,136 cases and 343 COVID-related deaths. Just last week, the Minnesota State Health Department reported that more than 70% of COVID-related deaths were connected to long-term care facilities. Unfortunately, the cure to curb the spread of COVID-19 is proving to be far more destructive than the virus itself. That's right, Rebecca. Since March 18th, Governor Waltz has issued both peacetime emergencies and a shelter in place. And these executive orders, they've closed schools and businesses and hospitals are not performing elective surgeries, placing people with serious health conditions in grave danger of having their life expectancy shortened. And In all, more than 584,000 Minnesotans have submitted applications for unemployment insurance. It's a huge number. A huge Huge, number. And we're going to get into the numbers later, too, about the number of people that are incrementally going back to work, but still well over a quarter of a million that are still out of work. Right. And the shelter-in-place was just extended, and there appears to be no end in sight. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, our guest for the next two weeks says we now have significantly more data about COVID-19 than we did several months ago. Minnesota State Senator Roger Chamberlain adds that initially the response was appropriate. And I agree, uh, just for the record. But with what we now know, um, we really do need to change course. And we have to start actively planning how to reopen and return to normal because it's the only way forward. Here tonight to help analyze the state's response to COVID-19 is Minnesota State Senator Roger Chamberlain of Lionel Lakes. Senator Chamberlain represents District 38 and has been helping lead the fight in the Minnesota Senate to reopen the state. Senator Chamberlain, thank you so much for joining us again on Education Nation. We love having you as a guest. Good evening. I'm I'm honored and humbled always uh, to speak with you two. You two do so much for so many people and So thank you very much. Very happy and proud to be here. Well, thank you. 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 And back at you. 
Um, so Senator Chamberlain, in the early stages of COVID-19 in the assessment, there wasn't much known uh, concerning the degree of lethality of the virus. Could you share with our listeners some of the initial jaw-dropping projections that were forecasted for the country and the state of Minnesota in particular? Sure, and I'll just say that, you know, um, that everything I'm going to say is based on data and research from sources that you can easily find, whether you search the Internet, uh, anywhere you, where you go. This isn't Chamberlain or Mark or Rebecca making things up. Right. Yes. A lot of these sources are from people that others have uh, stood behind. So right. Right. all cited from sources, legitimate, credible. So yes. first, mm-hmm. when this started, everybody was scared, rightly so, didn't know much about it. Uh, people got the videos and news from China and people flopping around. And, and you know, so they didn't know much about it, understandably. So things were a little bit uh, uncertain, and uncertainty brings fear and concern you had to prepare for it. So initially, WHO, the World Health Organization, uh, their estimates were 3.4% yeah. uh, fatality rate, right, which was could have been hundreds of millions across the planet, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this thing could spread. It's like the thing had uh, wings and it would, the, the virus would fly to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was contagious. It's not mm-hmm. to say it wasn't contagious, but not to say it wasn't real. It is real, but we have to deal with science. People talk science, it's science. So who right. said 3.4%? That was... Uh, it didn't take long before that was soundly uh, discredited and uh, shot down by mm-hmm. by many experts around the world, from Sweden and England and the United States. Mm-hmm. So we go from that to the Imperial College of London. Uh, people started citing that. Mm-hmm. 500,000 deaths in England and 2.2 million deaths through the summer. Through the mm-hmm. summer, not in two years, but through the summer, uh, even through the August, United States and, and, uh, and into um uh, England. Mm-hmm. So that has been that that too was shot down by many epidemiologists and world experts on this, including the expert from Sweden and other places. Right. So they re, they revised their estimates way down to much less. In Britain, they revised their estimates way down to twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so in Minnesota, in the United States, we've had two two other sources. We've had uh, U of M, and we've had mm-hmm. uh, IHME for the country. So. They range from, again, 2.2 million in the country. In Minnesota, Governor Waltz had started a few weeks back with 74,000 could die through the summer. Then it went to 50,000. Then it went, now it's standing at 22,000. Mm-hmm. They have not talked mm-hmm. about that number re- lately, but it's been a huge swing. The models have been adjusted down, and these models have included, uh, still include, if we do these shutdown and lockdown procedures, we're still going to have. Uh, all these deaths in the country. In the United right. States. right. And that's that's a key Minnesota. point that I think we need to really point out because there's a lot of, um, I think, misunderstanding of these models and the data. You know, people will say in response to the fact that the numbers are going down in terms of what's predicted in uh, deaths, people will say, mm-hmm. well, that's because of all the social distancing. Well, those, those, are, that, those um, are actually taken into account in these models and they're still yes, predicting right. 22,000 deaths. And I think it's really important for us to mm-hmm. make sure our listeners know that even the models that governor walls is still making his predictions or his decisions based on mm-hmm. are still showing 22,000 deaths, even in light of uh, the right. real data that, that shows that it's going to be significantly less. So yes, that's yes. something I want us to point out and, and have you kind of make a comment on here Um, In April, 
Dr. Anthony Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, revised those projections again, um, stating that social distancing and behavior changes were having a real effect and that the virus national death toll may look more like 60 to 72,000. So that's interesting, right? That's nationally. And you were saying that in Minnesota, it started at that number just for Minnesota. So we need to keep in mind that if they're predicting 60 to 72,000 nationally now, when it comes to Minnesota, they're still projecting 22,000. So it appears that the administration has not revised their models based on the latest data that Dr. Fauci is even using. Why is that? Well, I mean, there could be a lot of reasons, but you're right. Now, I think the total number for the United States is around 50-some thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I will say this with a caveat, and some people may not like this, but the caveat is we know that a lot of these deaths are not directly related to COVID. Yes. Right. So, right. So these are, and we know that because our own, my own colleague, Dr. Jensen, and others have said they got the, they got the uh, letter from CDC, and we got information from a lot of sources on, on tape saying, yeah, we're reporting people COVID, even though they haven't been tested for it. Right. So, well, and, not even COVID deaths, mm-hmm. right? Right. And even Dr. Well, Burks, yeah. um, she acknowledged that in a press conference. I actually heard her speaking at the time. I was shocked yeah. to hear that she admitted that, yep, if they have COVID when they die, we will count it as a COVID death, even if it's not yeah. related to COVID. Right. Yeah. With and from. And they said, right. And so as mm-hmm. to why, why we just, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, well, look, I mean, I got my political, I got my, <laughs> my other hat on. Right. Look, I think, I think it's hard for people to admit mistakes and admit wrong, right? Yes. Especially when you're in the position of you're elected and want to maintain position. It's hard for anybody to admit error. And I think, my humble opinion, they don't want to admit error. And I think they're then, secondly, I think there are political motives behind it. They're Absolutely. always at this level. Mm-hmm. And I won't share those now, but mm-hmm. uh, there are people who are fallible. We have agendas. We have desires. And mm-hmm. number one, I think nobody likes to be uh, found out that they make a big error, make a big mistake, mm-hmm. and uh, then get hung with uh, other issues, right? Mm-hmm. And secondly, I think there's agendas and motives that are always accompanying that. So mm-hmm. I, that's my opinion. Of why. It's shocking to me, though, that people's pride would be so strong or their political desires would be so strong and powerful inside of them that they would allow um, decisions that are harming so many people in this country mm-hmm. um, to right. dictate how what they think and what type of models they're going to use even in the face of, mm-hmm. of truth. Right. And um, right. Right. I, I'm just, it's mind boggling to me. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think it's frustrating, right? And but we know human history. I think we understand human nature. Yep. And uh, folks throughout history have done much, 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 much worse for mm-hmm. to cover their tracks. That's their true. Power. So, <laughs> Good point. Yeah. And, and so, and my incur- problem is I have expected much. Mm-hmm. And I think the encouragement too uh, to take away from this is that people will be that much more resilient in their research to be well versed to know the numbers. Yeah. And to hold mm-hmm. their elected uh, representatives uh, accountable mm-hmm. as well too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's turn our focus to what everyone in the state really is talking about this weekend. On Thursday, Governor Waltz did extend the shelter in place, which will now last until May the 18th. So this order comes one week after the governor allowed 80 to 100,000 Minnesotans from certain non-critical businesses to go back to work. And those businesses were not customer-facing, 
and they included industrial manufacturing and office-setting jobs. On Thursday, the governor slightly turned the dial, allowing for an additional 30,000 Minnesotans to get back to work on Monday, specifically retail businesses to resume operation with curbside pickup. Again, no customer-facing allowed. That means no small family gatherings. It means no dining in at restaurants, salons, spas, attending houses of worship. They all remain closed. I think it's interesting to note that the governor is pointing out that some 130 thousand Minnesotans are going back to work on a limited basis. But on the other end of the issue, the total number of applications for unemployment insurance right now is 584,431 people. Do the simple math. You take the 130,000 away, you're still talking uh, well over 450,000 people that are still waiting uh, for their unemployment compensation. So the actual data we see comes and reflects a vast decrease in fatalities from originally predicted, and they are concentrated in elderly care centers and some with underlying conditions. Why, based on this data, Senator Chamberlain, wouldn't we focus our attention on protecting the elderly and requesting individual responsibility Mm -hmm. for those with underlying conditions, which is always necessary for any communicative disease, and then open up all businesses with safeguards? Well... Excellent point. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, as, as many folks and experts have made uh, clear over the last couple of weeks, including you know USC, uh, Stanford, New York, mm-hmm. again, Sweden, Switzerland, Germany, uh, the, the head of uh, emergency medicine at the University of Pittsburgh uh, in Pittsburgh uh, just yesterday announced or today announced mm-hmm. that. I mean, you don't quarantine, never in history do you quarantine healthy people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, right. they can make a dis- argument that, well, the healthy people may be carrying it and spreading it to other folks. Well, uh, that's part of how life has always worked and how it's important to uh, protect us. So, mm-hmm. and, you, and they've all said this, all the experts have said this. So, um, why when we focus on, we are trying to get the governor to focus on long-term care. And by the way, the number is 78% of the state fatalities from COVID, reported fatalities from COVID, are from long-term care facilities. Now, these facilities have been locked up for more than two months. Right, yes. right. On the first day. These facilities have been locked for two months. Yeah. And their staff has been under strict control and pro- procedures. Yeah. So yeah. 78% of the deaths, and most of the deaths recently, 99.24% from the NDH, NDH numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. are people who are elderly or have underlying conditions. Right, which is true of any. underlying conditions. Yeah, and this is, by the way, true of any communicable illness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is just the way it is, unfortunately. We care very much about the elderly, and it's nice to see that finally some people um, who maybe haven't paid much attention to caring for the elderly, Mm -hmm. um, maybe this Mm -hmm. is going to raise the bar for them and they're going to start caring about them more but well, well I, yeah. one one mm-hmm. can one can hope right mm-hmm. so we should focus on ltc focus on smart random testing of the of the state to see who has it to get our baseline <laughs> third uh how do we um, then how do we manage that process mm-hmm. the ltc what's going on there testing randomly and then testing priority you know for ltc facilities mm-hmm. and uh move from there because uh that would be the scientific way to go yes and to find out now it could be, are you either mismanaging, have you mismanaged our LTC facilities and our elderly and our seniors? Yes. Or are you over-reporting COVID? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's my spot. I mean, right, right. I, 
so we're going to have we're trying to ask them to move towards focusing on that, and I think they're doing some things that way. But they've been shut down for two months. I don't know how you right. how this is happening. Right, right. Isolated. They've isolated. Have you talked to some people there? They isolate the patients in their rooms. Some of these room places, the patients can't even move around. Yeah, it's really it's it's really sad. And to think then that everybody else in the state who is unlikely to have severe reactions to COVID or if they do to survive it um, is also holed up <laughs> in their homes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and probably yeah. not really helping very much to um, yeah. decrease this illness. Yeah. I think it's important too, in, yeah. in regards to discussing the shelter in place that we point people to the uh, latest release yesterday on um, on Thursday, April 30th, the, the dial, the dial that the governor is turning in all facets of movement in the state. And mm-hmm. when you look at things like uh, the opening of houses of worship of churches across the state, mm-hmm. well, that on the dial is pointed at 12 o'clock, and the dial is still at 7 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning. Um, when you look mm-hmm. at things such as salons and spas, it was under mm-hmm. the notation of May or later. And then, mm-hmm. of course, on the very tail end of that dial to the far right was in school classroom learning. Mm-hmm. So, and I and thing that was a bit scary was uh, the lack of committal, at least from the April 23rd meeting, of there being uh, schools reopened for the month of September in the fall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a mm-hmm. bit of concern too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. houses of worship. And, right. you know, what are your, what yep. are your thoughts about that? Senator Chamberlain? I, well, you know, the data and the research I've seen from, uh, including Dr. Osterholm, who everybody seems to believe he had yeah. a webinar on Feb, uh, March 24th. And I listened to the whole thing. And he said, look, it seems counterintuitive, but large crowds aren't the problem. The, the, the transmission is interfamilial, right, because you're mm-hmm. closer at home in closed spaces. It's not in the schools, and it's not in large crowds, because in large crowds, you're not hugging and kissing everybody all the time. Right. And, and this thing doesn't transmit uh, if you, easily if you just touch a doorknob, mm-hmm. unless you touch a doorknob and lift right. your finger. Uh, but schools, they said, uh, and, and uh the data shows that the kids are not at risk. Right. The children are not at risk. And then they say, well, what if they transmit it to seniors? That can happen anywhere. Right. But you can control that piece of it. And not to, 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 at this point, to say that kids may not go back in the fall is absolutely disastrous. Right. Now, uh, on the other side of that, uh, before, when uh, we were leading up to this, a lot of parents are scared. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. Why shouldn't they be? Mm-hmm. Because they've been told for months now that, that this thing is going to slaughter all of us. And they, they want to protect their kids. And yeah. a lot of parents are going to be scared to send their kids back to school, right. even if they do open them, because the governor and his people have done nothing but scare people. Right, <laughs> exactly. <That's the> leadership. <laughs> you can't go around scaring people all the time. Right. It is terrible. That is a, that's the hottest I'll get about this. Yeah, thing. yeah. So it's premature to say at this point the kids can't go back to school and they continue to scare folks about it. Right. Because right. the data and the science when folks say that's not where the, it's going to be, have a problem. Mm-hmm. And in Minnesota... I don't think anybody under 40 has died from it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So people outside of the nursing homes have died, and I think the number is, I haven't looked at it recently, maybe you have that number. I, I don't yeah. think anybody under 40 has died from it. So yeah, it's um, 249 of the 319 total um, people who have died uh, as of the date of this, which was yesterday, um, were residents of long-term care facilities. And 
I believe the average age is still 83. The median age of all deaths in Minnesota is 83. Um, mm-hmm. And I think they had one 30-year-old that died that had um, underlying uh, underlying health yeah. issues, significant underlying right. health issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was a story from Stanford University epidemiologist, 40 years doing this stuff, expert, Stanford, Mm-hmm. He, said he wrote a piece in the Hill, and I think I read him uh, early on in the, in the process, too. He said, look, uh, the bottom line is if you're healthy, no matter what your age, if you don't have an underlying health condition, you're, you're probably not going to have a problem. You're most highly lo- unlikely you're going to have a problem with this. Right. Even if you're 72 and, you ha- and you're healthy and you get it. Yeah. So uh, to saying kids can't go back to school now, I'm going to just one addendum. I talked to a guy who was a former teacher, retired, his wife still teaches. At some point, this whole all breaks down. Mm-hmm. People are social animals. Right. As much as some people get frustrated, they need relationships. And that yes. relationship yes. cannot be met by technology. Cannot, and that is no. going to ruin the K-12 system. If they can't get back to those schools, yeah. the relationship is ruined. And that's going to help. That will drive down education even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've seen that. You know, I run Liberty Classical Academy. And, mm-hmm. you know, we quickly transformed on online um, in about a week and a half, which is like every other school had to do. And we're using Mm -hmm. a combination of live classrooms and Google Classroom. So we even have, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, interaction with our teachers and students. And um, the students miss seeing their friends in real person or in person. The teachers miss seeing their Mm -hmm. kids. It, and and we're so thankful we've gotten so much excellent feedback on how well this has gone. But every single person to the T says, you guys have done an amazing job getting online. We're so impressed, but we really miss seeing each other in person. And you are absolutely right, Senator Chamberlain. And I think that is even more critical in the inner cities where we have the large gap in um, – in their achievement uh, the, between the whites and the minority kids, it is critical to get those kids back in the classrooms with their teachers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the relationships are important and, and that's in every aspect of life. And uh, it's, we can do just so much through the computer and through uh, virtual, but uh, you lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, not being in person. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, Senator Chamberlain, I, I like that you had brought up the fact earlier about the uh, not having the pre-existing condition and how people may experience mild symptoms to no symptoms at all. In fact, you mentioned earlier the studies in California from Stanford and Southern California that were indicating that anywhere from 221,000 to 442,000 people or adults in Los Angeles County alone have been showing that they had infection to COVID-19 because they had the antibodies to the virus. And as of Wednesday, there were a little more than only 48,200 confirmed cases in the state and just under Mm -hmm. 2,000 fatalities. And in New York, we're hearing, too, that antibody tests are revealing close to 3 million New Yorkers having tested positive for antibodies to the coronavirus. And the confirmed number of cases statewide as of this week were at 300,000, with only 18,000 reported COVID-related deaths. I mean, it's an obvious given that Minnesota doesn't have the population density of New York or Los Angeles. But I wonder if there are more numbers that are coming forth from the Mayo Clinic right now to give us some idea of how many Minnesotans right now might have antibodies as a result of COVID infection. I think it's important because as higher that number is 
And the smaller number that we see in terms of deaths to COVID-related, it's showing just really how low the mortality rate. Any any word on that? Yeah, well, I was just, uh, before the interview, I, before this discussion, I was just looking up something that I had seen the other day and shared. And it said that uh, you, uh, the, um, the Mayo had tested some thousands of people, and from their tests, it revealed about 22% of the people they tested had the antibodies or had been infected, right? Mm -hmm. So now here it is. It's not, it was May, uh, I forget when it was uh, three days ago, a couple days ago this came out. And their their testing turned up 22% of the people they tested were positive. Now, not completely random, right? Mm-hmm. Right, you. Mm-hmm. But this is in line with the studies you mentioned from California, from uh, USC, from Stanford, from New York, Iceland, uh, Germany, mm-hmm. France, that 22%. So... That is a uh, what uh, almost a quarter of Minnesota's population. So we're we're uh, over over twenty percent. It's about one and a half million Minnesotans could, if you extrapolate like mm-hmm. they do with all random sampling and all testing, right. you could say about one point four one point five million Minnesotans have have had the antibodies and had this. Mm-hmm. The stories are coming out now from different places that is possible. Even the mainstream Fox Nine and others have come out with this saying that. It's possible that it looks like this thing came through in late fall, early winter throughout this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's consistent with the studies from legitimate universities, Stanford, USC, right. and Mayo, and others, that say that. Now, you get, you're get not even supposed to say this out there in social media because you'll get a, you'll get attacked and you know, hung out and you know, burned, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, well, that's that, which is ridiculous, <laughs> especially considering this is supposed to be about data and science. Yes, yes, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. But we got to keep look. The truth is the truth. And um, that's all we got. We got to yeah. share those ideas. We just have to keep getting the information out there. Mm-hmm. Let, let, let's start uh, just discussion on this question here as we wrap up here in the last uh, minute and a half. On I, April 22nd, we know about the new testing capacities that were announced, increasing the capacity to test to 20,000 symptomatic Minnesotans per day. And Governor Waltz mm-hmm. has called for identifying positive patients, followed by isolating and then expanding contacting tracing efforts. Would you explain for our listeners the dangers that contact tracing poses to our constitutional liberties? Well, it says we're going to track you wherever you yeah. go right. and then limit your movement. Yeah. Yeah. And, Police and some people say, oh, that's all right. Well, look, <laughs> folks, that's a slippery slope. Yes, it, it is. is. Speak the truth. That's a slippery slope. You may think it's a great idea. No, if they're sick, you keep them isolated. If, you're, if you want to do that, but you don't follow them around and then, then what do they do? So they contact somebody else, and then the the medical folks come knocking at your door and say, "We got to take you. Yeah, we're going to take your blood, and we're going to trace you now." Yeah, that's yeah. really that's really going too far. Yes, especially when you have something here that is is, is no doubt is a is no worse than the flu that they've Ex- and they've been able to create the panic. So it's the problematic, very problematic. Yeah, yeah.
Boy, you have hit the nail on the head there, uh, Senator Chamberlain, and we have to wind up today, but we are going to be excited to bring you back into the studio again for, to continue this conversation next week. So thank you for joining us tonight. And uh, thank, thank you, Mark, you for all you do. And uh, for those of you who are listening, if you want to listen to this podcast or any other podcast, you can go to ednationmn.org. That's ednationmn.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at Education Nation Radio. We look forward to having you join us here again next week at 6 p.m. a.m. 1280 The Patriot. Looking forward to it. All right. Have a good night.